I want to read a couple other verses. My daily Bible reading, uh, it just kind of went exactly with the exact same thing. Well, isn't that a blessing? You ever got a present that uh, just brought a tear to your eye? Every time I think about Jesus Christ, I just get a tear in my eye uh, for what he did for me at Calvary. And there's just no possible way that I could ever pay him back uh, millions and billions and trillions of years uh, in heaven. I'll just never be able to pay him back. Uh, I, I don't know why that why he did what he did, and but he did it because he loved me. Uh, well, maybe I lost them verses, man. Let's tell here they are. Nope. So who who knows, man? I've lost them. They were here. Now they're gone. Somebody stole my Bible. Do do do. Give me a second. Hmm. Well, I know where one's at. I don't know how that happened. Have you ever had a verse that was sitting right there and now it's gone? Man, I, them songs, they're in my head. I just can't get them out. I could have just, Brother Joe preached my sermon. Or sang it. He already sang it for me, so... Uh, this right here is just a, it's a small, small, yeah, I'm way, I'm way past. Anyways, go to Jude. <laughs> Jude is just as good. <laughs> Jude, yeah, what, what kind of Christmas message is that? They go to down the sea in ships. What, what psalm is that? Anybody got that memorized? 107? Are you, you sure? Oh, yeah, it is, it is. Somebody moved my marker in my Bible. That's it. Man, what a, did you say that, Beth? She must like sailors. I wonder why that is. 107, 107. That's the verse. That's the, man, man, what a, thank you, Lord, for my wife. That ain't 107. My wife is messed up. She was probably close. I have to give her 106. Is it really? Oh, I know what the problem is. You never should. Yeah, I got a. Yeah, I got the wrong Bible. I got an ASV, man. I just, I got the wrong thing. <laughs> Nip, huh? What is it? No, it isn't the verse. It's there was something else I was looking for. In Jude, uh, in, that, in that passage there, it said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. And you know, we're, we're at this time of year, if we'd ever get to the place where we just praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. I don't know about you, but I remember back when I was lost, 31 what? Now my wife is trying to tell You want to preach? <laughs> Come up here and do this. Okay. <laughs> but, but he says, if men would just stop and say, okay, I'm going to praise God for a little while. Uh, we got a, a holiday that the whole world is sitting there looking at Jesus Christ, and they're saying this is a little baby was born. And over in Jude now, go to Jude. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. Over in Jude, uh, verse 24 and 25, he says, now, Actually, uh, yeah, verse 24, it says, And now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before uh, the presence of his glory with exceeding, they sang that song, glory, who do you think they were talking about? Uh, to the only wise God and uh, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Father, again, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for bringing that verse back to my mind. Lord, uh, I pray that you'd bless this message. Uh, Lord, it's about you. It's not about me. It's not about anybody in this room. It's about you and what you did for us. 
Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd put your hand upon it and use it for your honor and your glory. Uh, Lord, all the glory is due unto your holy and precious name. And uh, thank you for what you've done. And we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. As they're singing that song back there, I had some tears running down my face because I just started thinking about what the Lord had done for me. And I'll tell you what's the sad thing is so many times we let this world uh, just tear away at what God gave us. Or we'll let somebody else in life affect. I've had people say, well, you've messed me up. No, no, I'm sorry. You let, if you even let me get in the place in your life that I could mess you up, then you've got a problem with Jesus. You should never let me get there or anybody else. I'm telling you, brother, he, there's no place in, in my life for anybody. Now, I've got things going on in my life, but when it comes to me and him, there is nothing, there's no place for anybody between me and him. There's just no place. Uh, all my joy, all my joy comes from him. All the stuff I have that gives me joy came from him. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, all that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. I probably quoted that wrong, but that's okay. You got the gist. Luke chapter 2. He preached, they, they sang that song, man. I'm telling you what, he just about stole my whole message. Uh, he's talking about getting out of here early. Well, I could get out of here in about five minutes. Uh, the first Noel. The first Noel, the angels did. There was angels out in that field, man. They come up to them shepherds. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Actually, I better read the verse or else y'all going to think you came to church for nothing. <laughs> Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. You know, they want their money. <clears throat> you can bet this holiday season they want their money. They want their money somehow. They, they, they're going to get their money. Uh, and this taxing was, uh, was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. Uh, and Joseph, what a good man, also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, into a city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, and the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought first her firstborn, firstborn, firstborn. That means she had others after that. Uh, she's not a perpetual virgin. Uh, and she brought forth her firstborn. The Bible's just an amazing book. Uh, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Uh, again, thank you for a day, Lord, that uh, we can set aside, the world sets aside, Lord. I pray that you'd use this in their hearts and their minds, Lord, that you'd let us be able to tell the story uh, to them uh, like it was told to us. And, Lord, with joy and happiness in our hearts. Uh, Lord, it's an, eternal, it's an eternal story. Lord, it'll never go away. And one of these days we'll be in heaven with you for all eternity. And, Lord, we'll get to, we'll get to uh, just revel in what goes on there. But for now... Or we're down here, Lord, and we get the opportunity to tell somebody else and maybe get a chance to get them in. Or help pick up a brother or sister that has fallen low and, and need just to be lifted back up, Lord. What a blessing it is. Uh, Lord, I just pray that if I ever get into a place one day where I'm down, that somebody will come along and help me back up like the Good Samaritan. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the church and everybody that's out here today. I just uh, thank you for them uh, weathering through the storm, Lord, to get here. Lord, thank you for the man who came through and cleaned our parking lots. Uh, Lord, uh, did our sidewalks. What a blessing, Lord, uh, that we can uh, have that and, and we still come to church and then get to sing about you on top of that. Father, again, thank you. Bless now. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary, Joseph, Joseph had left, left Galilee. It's about 100 miles between where he was at down there. And I don't know about you, but it says that Mary was great with child. 
Uh, that, that, I mean, that, she's big. She's big. But it took about 10 weeks on donkey to get from where they were at to where they needed to go. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I could hardly barely get Beth in the car to go to the hospital so she could have that baby. Uh, I don't think I could ever have got her on a donkey and went 10 weeks. <laughs> hey, Beth, by the way, well, you let him get his money some other way, man. I mean, uh, that's just the way she is. She's always, I mean, she's like negative right off the bat. Initially, she's negative. Then she comes around and she gets it. But initially, man, she lets you know what her mind is. I can see Mary, man. Hey, look, I'm like at 28, 29. She's probably third trimester. She's getting ready to have this baby in a couple uh, months. And, and you tell me the last, it's bad enough to go through that last little bit. Well, first of all, thank God that she was a virgin. and She didn't know what she was getting herself into. Uh, by the time she had two or three other ones, she's probably like, no way, Jose. You ain't going to do it to me this time. I already been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I know what it's going to feel like. She had no idea what it's going to feel like. I mean, who really knows? I mean, it could have been a perfect birth. It could have been absolutely zero pain, no problem, all the way through. I mean, we are talking about the Lord Jesus Christ here. It's kind of hard to tell what Mary went through, but if, if she's typical to everybody else, I mean, she was probably pretty miserable. Then he throws her up on a donkey, and he drags her off for 10 weeks to get her to Bethlehem. Now, have you ever thought about that trip between, you know, you hear about the manger. She's in a manger, manger, bad manger. On the way there, the best they could have done would have makeshift tent. I mean, could you imagine just like, like a little thing over the head to keep the rain off of you, you know, or the dew, the morning dew, whatever, and she's laying under here pregnant? Have you ever laid on hard ground? Uh, there ain't a lot of room on a donkey for, you know, uh, your little mattresses, your big old mattresses you roll up. And they didn't have all that stuff. I mean, they just straw if they could find that. If not, they're just laying on the ground with a, with a blanket or whatever. 29 weeks pregnant, maybe. And you never hear one complaint out of her. What a blessing. What a woman. All being everywhere. <laughs> That's everyone everywhere. Everywhere is told. Now, you also get the, the idea, and, and it's, it's possible, but chances are they weren't alone. in this. There was probably a small caravan. Everybody in Israel was going back to their hometowns to get taxed, and, and they probably tagged along with another group of people to get there. It doesn't say all that, but it does not say that it didn't. When they went to uh, the temple when Jesus was 12 years old, they were in a caravan to get there, and they came back. I mean, it's, it only stands to reason. I mean, you'd have robbers and everything else. Good Samaritan, the guy got beat up because he's by himself on the side of the road, and they took his money and everything. Uh, I'm sure Joseph was a wise man. He wasn't going to do that. So they say uh, safety in numbers. So probably quite a few people there. Uh, Joseph wasn't alone on this thing. Money was involved, and, and there's robbers out there. Whenever you get money, uh, I heard it. Well, I better not say that. It would have taken about 10 days. Ten days, excuse me, not ten weeks. Ten days to get there. Uh, she was somewhere in her third trimester, uh, 29 weeks on. Uh, I don't know exactly how long. Ten days, I'm, I'm glad I need to correct that. Ten weeks, man. I could imagine her being on a, a donkey for ten weeks. She would have probably said, no, I'm sorry, I don't care who I'm having. <laughs> I ain't going. Uh, was, it, was great with child. I tried to look up that, uh, that definition of great with child. And nobody wants to say what great with child is. I mean, you need to find a mom somewhere and, and what a great with child, because it gets greater the whole time all the way up to the end. Uh, it gets greater and greater and greater, and then it gets greatest. And I don't know if there's other some, some uh, massive. <laughs> and pretty soon it's like, where's my baby at? I want my baby. They probably lived, they didn't have a lot of money. I mean, you ever realize that the Lord Jesus chose 
Mary and Joseph to come into this world, a carpenter? Not a whole lot of money, not a whole lot of anything. We strive to get all this stuff in life. And I'm telling you, if God gives you something, don't worry about it. Take it. Uh, it's a blessing from the Lord. The Lord wants to use us. And I'm not this name it and claim it kind of guy. But I think God uses some people somewhere. You know, there was only one David. There was only one, one J. Frank Norris. There's only one Dr. Ruckman. Just because I'm not them doesn't mean that God can't use them in the way he wants to use them. But I'll tell you what, that sometimes God uses people and, and lets them become a wealthy person so that they can be a, a channel for what God wants. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. A lot of people say, oh, well, well, yeah, you don't need money. Yeah, you don't, man. God could drop a brick of gold out of heaven and hit the planet with an asteroid, have it stop just before it hits the planet and then hover down, just sit there right in front of you and give you a billion dollars. He just don't work that way. He never has. But here's a young couple. They come into Bethlehem and they're broke. Uh, they, had, they had to figure some place to stay and it says there was no room at the end for them. John 1.11 says he came into his own, his own received him not. You know that most of the time people misunderstand Jesus Christ because they start looking at other things out there and they think, uh, and people say, well, I can't believe that the Lord would, I've had people say this, I can't believe that God would uh, have his son born in a manger. Why not? It doesn't matter to him whether it's a Hilton Hotel or, or the Ritz or a manger. It doesn't matter to God. Uh, anywhere on the planet would be equal to him. <laughs> I mean, anywhere outside of the throne and the presence of God Almighty would be the same to him. There wouldn't be no difference to him. What, what would be the difference? But to us, we sit there and look at that and say, oh, well, you know, it's just, where it is. It wasn't, and, and you know, the, they said there was no room at the end, and I used to think about that, and I had another message, and, and I kind of copied some of this, but I used to think it was because the people weren't hospitable, but if the whole country was all moving to their cities, by the time Joseph and Mary got there, there probably wasn't any room. Every, every nook and cranny in that city was probably packed full of people. That's the city of David. Uh, all the people, and, and it wasn't a big city back then, but that's, all the people would come in, and they're looking for a place to stay, and Joseph can't stay in under a makeshift tent with a wife that's getting ready to have a baby. Now, exactly what time they, she had that baby, it said, it said and, and, it, and verse 6, it says, and so it was that while they were there, I mean, it doesn't tell you how long they were there, they could have been there for a couple of weeks. They could have been, because the line's going to be up. They're going to have to, everybody go in front of the taxer, the tax, the man uh, like Matthew, the tax gatherer, and they're going to have to give their lineage, and they're going to have to do this, and it's all paperwork and how much you got to give, and so everybody's got to wait their turn. I'm sure that he had to wait a couple of days, maybe weeks, before he could ever get there. Where is he going to stay while he can't stay in his makeshift tent that he had for 10 days as he's coming across? He's got to find someplace. They found a manger. <clears throat> It wasn't because of lack of hospitality, there just wasn't no room. It wasn't because they didn't want to be bothered. They just didn't have no room. It says there was no room at the end. That's all it was. There's no room. If you ever got, if, you know, I know a lot of people, they got places to stay and they just do not have room. Time you throw two or three kids, man, we had a house over on Grange Hall at one time and it was uh, two, two bedrooms upstairs and Beth had four kids and it's all her fault. Uh, we had four kids in that house, and then we had a fifth one pop in, and then we had uh, our sister, my sister-in-law got sick, and we took their four in. I had to remodel what basement water drip. The, I mean, it, you could go down there and put Noah's Ark in our basement at one time. That's how bad it was. And we had nine people, nine young kids in that house, plus me and Beth. 
11 people in a house that was 900 square feet. Now, you talking about crazy, man. It was insane. But you know what? We got through it, and what it did is it draw, drew us all together, and those kids still love Beth. I don't know how much you care about me too much, but, I mean, they love her. That's their Aunt Bethy, man. You know what? She took care of us. Some people just can't do that. I mean, they, they won't do what it takes to actually get that. And you know what will happen is you'll lose a blessing in the process. I don't care what anybody says, but those young, young uh, well, Marty's kids, they still love us to this day. Marty and Angie loves us to this day because of that. Uh, a little burden, a little burden, but you know what? He was going through a whole lot more than I was. Uh, all I did is got the opportunity to help somebody who had a need. That, that was it, bottom line. But you lose a blessing sometimes. You know what the people there, here comes a woman in here that you know nothing about, and she's getting ready to have a baby that you don't know anything about, and that little baby is going to be the savior of the world. Have you lost, have you lost, man, some of those songs we were singing. I'm telling you what, man, when he went to that First Noel, that's a great song, First Noel. Uh, then let us all with one accord sing praises. Man, that's good too. Uh, angels we have heard on high. What, what are you going to do with those songs? I heard, oh, they're Christmas songs. Christmas is wicked. Oh, shut up. <laughs> angels we have heard on high sweetly singing over the plains. That's exactly what happened. And the mountains in reply echoing their joy, joyous strain. You know what happened? A couple of angels popped up, a whole multitude of them, come down there and said, hey, group of shepherds, hey, there's a baby being born in that city over there. You need to go check that thing out. You know what those guys did? They went. A stable was his birthplace. You know what a stable is? Your Lord does some really strange things, by the way. In a stable, he wasn't born just in a stable. He was born in a manger in the stable. You know what a manger is? The definition... They use a manger as his crib. A manger is a trough or open box in a stable designed to hold feed or fodder for the livestock. The animals come and eat out of that thing. Isn't it amazing that the Lord said this over in, in John 6, 4, 54? Who eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Isn't that a crazy verse? He was born in a trough that you eat, that animals eat their food there. And he goes, I'm the bread of life. I'm the food. Come, come unto me. Come, and you'll get fed, and you'll get filled. On the side of the mountain, he fed, fed 5,000. What a thing, man. A stable was his birth. The shepherds were in the field, and they got the angels. The angels popped up, and it says, And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. They had a little shepherd thing that they would sleep in out there. It's just normal everything. They knew, this is what you could probably imagine those angels, those shepherds knew. They knew by their history of the Jewish religion that they knew one day that their Messiah was going to come. They knew that. Probably every Jew out there knew that. Could they have told that he was going to be there? No. They needed something that was going to shock them into believing that that's him. But the Lord didn't allow everybody to see that. Well, if you're in this room today and you've ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he showed you something that the rest of this world hasn't got to see yet. That, you talking about a gift that, I mean, I got that thing in 1980 on a back porch, and it's been a gift that has been with me for 42 years, has never left. <laughs> I sit back here and think of what he did for me, and I'm like, what little have I done for you? I don't care what you do on this planet. You can never do enough for him. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't try. <laughs> 
but you can't ever do anything more for him. The shepherds out there, they knew one day he was coming. They, they knew they probably thought that, that he would, uh, they would be the last to hear. You ever think that, uh, that you're so minuscule that, that you're on the backside of some place that nobody will ever, ever deal with you? Have you ever thought that you're just that person that, that would never be pulled to the center of anything in this world, especially when it comes to God? Here's a couple shepherds out there, and boy, they got pulled right to the center. No idea that that was them. No idea that this, why would the Lord choose a group of men out there? They were probably, they probably seen that star over there or something. And they go, something over there is unreal. What is that over there? And here comes in the angels. You ask, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock. There was something that drew their attention to that place. They, they were ready. They never in a thousand years would have been prepared for what's about to happen to them. They're sitting out there. Who knows what they were doing in the field? Bunch of sheep out there, bad, bad. You've been around a bunch of people that's all bad, 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 bad. And just talk, 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 talk. And they listen to all them sheep, and all of a sudden, poof, the whole sky just lights up with these angels. And they start getting a story that they would have never thought in a million years would have happened. And they're sitting there getting ready to tell them. These angels are reaching down to them saying, hey, guys. And verse 9 says, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were so afraid. I would be too. That would scare me to death. You know what the world right now is trying to do is get you to see all this demonic garbage and all these superheroes and all this other stuff and ghosts and all that. No, 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 no. One day this stuff is going, I just got through the book of Revelation or halfway through it. And, and these scorpions come out. They look like horses with scorpion tails on the back. And oh, there's going to be some weird stuff getting ready to happen here shortly. And, you, and you've been, we've been fed that garbage on TV. Thank God that when the rapture happens, you won't be here and you won't have to see none of that stuff. Well, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, you will when it happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm believing that. I don't want to see that stuff, man. Them guys in there said, drop, oh, they go in caves and they say, dump the rocks on me and do that. I don't want to see him. I want to see him. Now, let me say, would you want a rock on your head or do you want to see Jesus? I prefer to see Jesus. I told you all the story about me getting hit in the eyeball with that train. I used to bust windows. I'm not telling you to do this. This is, I was wrong. I'm probably, please come and get me after this. But on the way to school, trains, you ever seen those train cars with cars in it and they got the metal all down the sides? That's because of morons like me. I'd get on the side of the railroad track with big rocks, man. I'd throw it, bust windshields out of cars. Uh, you say, why? Because I was a hoodlum. I didn't have nothing else to do but get in trouble. And one day I did that. Last time I ever did that, I picked up a rock and I threw it. And I was watching that rock. It was always cool when it hit. It wasn't cool. At the time, it was cool. It's not cool now. Uh, so I don't ever get mad when something bad happens to me because I did enough bad stuff that I probably should, I deserve it. Uh, but but it, this train, this car, uh, this, this train car full of cars went on by and this boxcar come behind it and this rock hit right on the corner of that boxcar. It was like Babe Ruth ball bat. Whack! And I'm looking at that rock, and that thing's coming right back at me. <laughs> I'm thinking, ain't no way. I know how a pitcher feels, man, when he throws that ball, and the batter hits it, and it hits him. Uh, I'm sitting there watching this rock, and it's just stunned. And, it, I mean, it's, it's doing the same thing. It's, boom, <laughs> it hits me right ahead. Blood all down. I deserved every bit of that, man. <laughs> you sit there and say, you wouldn't think that, man. You see some strange things in this world. And for them guys, they're sitting there looking at that, and these angels are all, and, but they're, what they're saying is different than anybody else. And the angels said unto them, fear not. That would scare me to death. 
Fear not, okay? Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Not just, Mary is great with child, but I'm giving you great joy. You know what's wrong with us today? We lost the joy. This world has seemed to take that stuff away from you, little things in life. And, and, and we go through all kinds of stuff, but it's, the Bible says it's appointed a man wants to die. And, and we all are going to face that one day, and so is everybody around us. There's just no way out of it. Uh, I can't let those things, you should sorrow and all that stuff, but you can't let that stuff steal your joy because it's your joy. The, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and you got to keep that stuff sometimes. And, and here's these guys right here saying, great joy. You know what you get out of Jesus Christ? Now, I don't know about you, but if you ever drank, I went into Myers the other day. I'm going uh, to testify about myself, but I was looking for something, butter beans. I went into Walmart. There's, I know the tribulation is getting ready to happen because there's no butter beans anywhere. Uh, pinto beans used to be gone. I don't know what happened to butter beans. But you want to go in there and find all the Spanish stuff you, all day long, you can find that. So I go into Walmart, and I just walked down the aisle where all the beer and whiskey and all that stuff was. And I started looking at that. And I, I started just looking. $11 for a bottle of whiskey and 11 12 bucks for this. 11 I didn't buy any. Uh, I'm sitting there looking at it thinking, you know, Lord, years ago I used to drink this stuff. And I said, the headaches and the, the pain and agony this stuff get, it never did solve a problem one. Not a one. I haven't touched alcohol since, except for NyQuil. Uh, <laughs> NyQuil's good. <laughs> my, mom, my mom says, uh, she likes Ativan. She goes, Ativan's my friend. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> But, but I, I'm sitting there looking, I said, that's 1985. Uh, that stuff has never solved a problem for anybody. And what it does is it masks it just for a moment or two. But these guys right here are saying, you can have joy without that. I'm going to tell you what the source of that joy is. And they said, for under you is born this day in the city of David. That's right there. A savior. Not just another baby being born. This is the savior. This is the savior. It isn't, it isn't, Christmas isn't about a baby being born in a manger, and that's it. I read that verse over to you in, in uh, Jude. Uh, I'll go back to it real quick, and then I can be done here in just a couple of minutes, because I don't want to. He says, now unto him that is able. He, he's not in a manger no more. He's actually sitting on a throne out there, and he's ready to come back at any time. And he says, able to keep you from falling. He can keep me until he comes and gets me. I don't have to worry about that. And present you faultless before. He, one of these days, he's going to, I'm going to say, Lord, but you know I messed up. He goes, yeah, but I'm going to present you faultless anyways. Why? Because I'm God and you're not. And I just want to do what I want to do and shut up. I had an old preacher one time tell me to shut up. I mean, he was, he was a good preacher too. He's a great preacher. He was trying to, they, they wanted to pay my school bill. And I'm like, ain't no way, man. I said, I'm a chief in the United States Navy. And I said, I talked to Joe. Joe will tell you what a typical PBI guy went through. They were broke, man. Broke ain't even a word for it. Broke is, they're wealthy if you're broke. These guys are not broke. They're way down below that. And they wanted to pay my school bill. And I'm like, uh-uh. I told Mrs. Mitchell, I said, no way, man. No way. That, and she goes, you're going to have to go talk to Dr. Rutman about that. Brother Rutman, you got to talk to him. Cause he, I said, I'll go talk to him, man. So I go in there. He said, boy, you better shut up. <laughs> I mean, when he said something, I was like, yes, sir, man. Mm -mm. <laughs> I said, here, here, here. You want to put some more in there? Here, what to Give me some more, man, if that's what it is. No, when that guy said it, I never really thought about that. He said, you're going to rob somebody from a blessing. 
You know what God did right here? He gave us the biggest blessing that you ever had. These, these angels are sitting here talking about he's a savior. Not just something temporarily. This is eternal. This is your savior. He's going to save you from what? Not from paying taxes. Who cares about taxes? Pay your taxes. It's not that big a deal. Uh, get a job, man. Don't get a job. <laughs> don't get a job, you don't have to pay taxes. You get a job, you're going to pay taxes. That's just the way it is. That's the way the system is set up. It's okay. That's all right. But these guys right here is my Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It's just not a typical Savior. But, I mean, this is a, an eternal Savior. And this shall be the sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger. You know, the Lord already knew where that baby was going to be born at. Those angels knew he was going to be in a manger. It's not that big a deal. Not to God. You don't think God, well, but you got that cow dung in there and donkey dung in there and camel dung in there and pigeon dung in there and all this other dung in there and any other kind of dung. And you got all this other stuff that just, germs everywhere. You know, this country just driving me up a wall with all these germ freaks, man. Everybody's with If you got a mask on, I'm not kicking you out of church. I don't care. But I mean, can God not take care of the little germ that's going to eat you up? He didn't care. It says right here, it says, you'll find the babe. And this, and this sign shall be unto you. You shall find the babe with a mask on in swaddling clothes lining the manger. He didn't say nothing like that, man. God didn't care about the germs. He made them. Man ain't going to do nothing that's going to get by him. He goes, and suddenly there was a, 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 there with the angels, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying glory to God. And how does he sing that song? Glory, glory, glory. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Brother, I don't know how to even explain that. I don't know what we're going to do in heaven for all eternity. I have no idea, but I know praising him is the right thing to do. You know what those, you know what those angels did, those shepherds did? That's something that most people don't. They just got up and left. They didn't care about no stinking sheep. They didn't care about nothing. They just got up and went. And they go into town. They had no direction. I don't know what it was that got them there, but they got there. They left their sheep. They left the fields. They wanted to see Christ the Lord. You know what's wrong with us today is we don't want to really see him. That's, that's what we should want more than anything else. This Christmas, I mean, hey, I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind making my wife happy. Uh, I don't mind doing some stuff for the kids. I don't mind doing it. I like to see them smile. Yeah. Me and Jesse, man, I, I got enough coffee over the house to get me through the millennium. And uh, so I, uh, Jesse, she likes coffee too, man. She's, she's, me and her got that thing together like that. She's just, I mean, she's a coffee connoisseur. Uh, not sewer sewer, but a connoisseur. <laughs> and so I test everything out on her. So uh, I got this coffee pot and these little pods of stuff and, and uh, so I gave her, gave her something the other day, and she said, man, them are really good, man. So, I mean, it should be. I gave her the pot and the coffee. Uh, the only thing I didn't do is give her the almond milk to go in it, which I felt like I was backslidden. I should have gave her some for Christmas. But she came over the other night, and I stocked her up. Man, I got like 10,000 things of coffee at the house. And, and I, you think I'm joking. I'm telling this. I'm serious. My wife is done mad at me because the whole basement one side is full of nothing but coffee. And... <laughs> I'm addicted, man. I'm addicted. I know I, that's where my problem is. Everybody else has their other problems. I have the coffee thing. But, you know, you sit there and you smile. I like to see the smile come, come across her face when you give them the stuff and they try it out. And they, oh, yeah, that's good. That, that is really, really good. I mean, this is good. That's good. That's good. And it, it's like you want to help them. And sometimes you got to back away and just let them experience life on their own. 
and, and work through the problems of life. And they'll get through it, man. When you sit there and see that stuff, it's all the glory. When these guys are sitting there, they just left it. You know what they want to see is Jesus. All that stuff will seem to take everything away from you, and you miss the thing that I want to go see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. You know why I like coming in here and y'all singing? Because I hear Jesus. I hear these girls up here singing. Guys could do the same thing. It doesn't matter. I've had people say, well, you only let certain people sing. No, you want to sing? Come and say, I'll tell you what, wherever Elizabeth is, raise your hand, Elizabeth. See that arm back there? She's got her arm over. Go talk to her. She'll let you sing. You say, I want to sing. Well, then sing. I want to do a special. Well, make it special. <laughs> you don't have to be perfect. Nobody has to be perfect. The Lord got me, didn't he? He, he didn't choose all perfect things, but they want to see Christ. I like this last part, man. It says, and when, verse 17, and when they had seen it, it was Jesus. When they seen that baby in the manger, they didn't say, oh, I can't believe God did this. I can't believe the whole city allowed this to happen in a manger, in a, in a, in a stable, in a manger. The Savior, the angels all came, and they're all in white, clean clothes, and here's this little baby down here below everything. I was never born in a manger. I wasn't born like that. I had a house, man, and midwives and all that other stuff. But this is God. This is the, this is the baby that he's just talking about. And said, no, they didn't say none of that stuff. You know what they went and said, hey, man. They went out and started telling the greatest story ever told. Amen. I want to tell you a story. You know what this world needs to hear right now? It's a story. They need to hear a story, the greatest story ever told. There is none. I like telling sailor stories. Man, me and that guy got on the phone the other day and uh, I, I think Jonathan at the other end was trying to get his phone back out of the guy's hand because we'd have kept going and going and going and going and going because we were on this exact same time on the exact same ship. And all the stories I knew, he could, he could confirm and I could confirm his. And, I mean, we were there, man. We were like storytelling. That ain't nothing compared to this. Because this goes on for eternity, man. Eternity never stops, never stops. Despite human misconception, the actual facts about Jesus are more marvelous than words can express. He was, he was indeed born of a virgin. I don't need man to say, well, today we can artificially inseminate women and cattle and cows and dogs and everything else. and have." No, no, I don't care about none of that stuff. Back then, there was a young lady named Mary and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. Gabriel came over her, and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and she got pregnant by God. And if God wants to do that, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It was in a city called Bethlehem. And that's what he said. That's what makes your Bible so precious. You go back to Micah, I think it's chapter 5, verse 2, and it talks about just that. Years before it ever happened, it tells you exactly what's going to happen where it's going to happen. You know it's that way because Caesar was the one who said, I want you to go home. Joseph would have never went back at that time. He would have never went there. The, the government made him go there so that the thinking line, how would the Lord know that? How would Micah had known to be able to write that in a book about something that's going to happen way down the road somewhere years and years and years and years and years later, and it was going to happen exactly like Micah said, exactly like God wanted it. I'm telling you, but it's amazing. In Bethlehem, exactly as it was prophesied, Jesus was conceived in Mary, not by man. Jesus also was born a baby. 
The Holy Ghost oversaw that thing, watched every step of his, his, uh, his life, took care of Mary. There was no problem with her riding a donkey all the time she was on. If she was in third trimester at the 36th week or whatever it was, and she's riding all the way, maybe it helped her have the baby a little sooner. I have no idea. I know she got there. She had the baby. You know why? Because I had a Savior 2,000 years ago save my soul. I know it. He's right there. He wasn't there one day. I know when he, when he came in. I know that he's there now, and I know he's never left. As the Apostle John reveals, Jesus existed before the creation world in John. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and, and there, everything that was made, he did it. That means the universe and the stars you see at night was made by him. That little baby that you see in the manger, that's him. Brethren, he can do anything. There's nothing that's hidden. There's nothing that he can't do. Uh, his, he is the part of the Trinity we know as uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. He is God the Son. And 2,000 years ago, he was born in a manger. Brethren, this world has nothing for you. Never will have. Never Use it. Don't abuse it. Don't let it use you. Don't let it grab you in such a way that you think you got. Because one of these days, you're going to have to let go of it all anyways. I still, I was, I was telling a story one day, and somebody came up to me and says, I can taste the salt when you start telling about sailor stories. I'm like, yeah, man. I said, I wonder. I was up next to a ship one day. I want to go lick the side of the ship just to taste the salt on the ship. But you know what? That, holds, that doesn't hold a candle to what Jesus Christ did. It was the greatest story ever told. The Spirit, the Son of God came in a human form for a purpose. It wasn't to stay in a manger. Uh, my, my daughter has a baby, Riley. I'll use Riley because she's the youngest so far now. Uh, Wally was the youngest, but he's already grown up, man. He's about ready to get his driver's license. <laughs> Riley, Riley is little bitty. And if she stays little bitty and she never grows and never got out of a, you'd think something's wrong with her. You know what you do? You expect her to grow. So why do we want to keep the babe in the manger? Why would we want to do that? I don't want to do that. I want a risen, living Savior. I don't want a Savior. I was a Catholic for my whole life up to the time I got saved. And our Savior was, he wasn't even our Savior. He was just Jesus Christ dead on a cross at the front of the church. Right back here, man, you'd find him. There'd be a cross back here and he'd be dead. Or over on this side, you'd see a statue of Mary with a babe and says, thou shalt have no images. But they don't believe none of that stuff. Uh, you know, they, they read the Ten Commandments, and I don't know what they, they change them or something. But you see the baby, but you'd never see the man in the middle. A risen, living Savior that's ready to save your soul. It's a great story ever told. You know, these guys, and I'll be done here. I can go, this is the quick part. He did this to provide eternal salvation for you and me. That's what that was for. Once you get that, I mentioned in Sunday school day, you can't run from it. My dad tried to run for 30 years, and he did a really good job. I would have not known that he was saved that night that we sit down. I thought I was going to lead him to the Lord. I thought he was going to get saved, or else I was going to help him get down the road just a little bit closer to Jesus Christ. I knew the Lord was in that thing. Uh, he'd been dealing with me on it for a couple of years out on the ship. I knew that he was in that thing with me and my dad. My dad was the best drunk you've ever seen in your life. I mean, he was the drunk of drunks. He was the hardest worker you've ever seen, best plumber you've probably ever seen. Uh, I've got testimonies of, of the, the inspectors down in Louisville, Kentucky. They told me that you're, there's nobody better than your dad is in this city as far as being a plumber. From 6 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock at night, he was the best plumber that you ever saw. At 6 o'clock at night till the next morning, he's the best drunk you ever saw. I never seen him saved. 
come to find out he's saved. 30 years of his life was wasted. You know why? Because he's running and running and running. And he thought he got away and that God was away from him. And it's okay. Then one day his son gets saved and puts it right back in his face. And you know what a blessing that whole thing was? He allowed me to go in the Navy to get me far away from my dad enough to where all his dad could see was the good that was coming out of me of Jesus Christ. He never seen the mistakes or anything like that. And I would come back and he'd see his son get from an E3 to an E4. And then I'd come back and he'd see his son go from an E4. And he started getting proud because he had a son that was doing the right thing. And then he started seeing that, hey, and I came in one and I quit smoking and I quit drinking. And he used to drag me out of my car at night and bring me in the house drunk or drugged up. And I couldn't even get there. My car got in the driveway. I don't even know how it did, but he took me in 30 years of that. Misery. I only had a short period of time of that. And then all of a sudden he sees this kid come in all clean cut and shaving and everything else, telling him about this Jesus Christ. And I was trying to get him saved. That's all I wanted to do is see my dad saved. You know what the Lord wanted? He wanted to see my dad squirm. And he got him squirming too. <laughs> and then all of a sudden a door opens up and my dad jumps through that door and I thought he was getting saved. And I come to find out he's already saved. He told me he got saved a day, hour, and a minute. He knew exactly when he got saved in 1957. This is 1987. He knew exactly when he got. When you say the greatest story, this thing, this ain't a joke. This is so far from a joke. Just because you do what you think you want to do, you're not getting away from him. If you're his, he's going to bring you home. I've seen, I had one guy on the ship, Leffler, and I'll, I'll end right here. Just, no, I ain't going to end here because I don't want to end on this kind of a note, but Leffler got saved. He was a Lutheran, and he knew he got saved, and he didn't want to. His mom and dad got mad at him because he got saved, and he started preaching at him and everything. And we was walking down the pier one day, and he's over on one side, and it's about 20 foot apart, 25 foot apart, and he stayed on that side, and I was on this side, and he, he was like getting away from me as far as he could. He goes, I, I knew I should have done that. I knew I should have. I said, done what, man? He said, got saved. He knew exactly what he did. Two weeks later, that kid was dead. He's the only person I've ever met in my life that knew they got saved and rejected it. And two weeks later, don't ever reject Jesus Christ, by the way. I mean, backslide, do whatever you want to do, but just don't reject him. But this thing right here, man, these guys right here, they went out and told a story. And boy, I'm sure glad that Somebody brought that story to me. And I started looking back at my life, and I look at all the people that were in my life up to the time I was 22 and brought little pieces of this story into my life and made it real. I thank God for the Catholic Church. Me and my wife was talking the other day. A lot of the stuff I already knew was taught to me in the Catholic Church. I didn't believe the Catholics, their, their method. I didn't believe that. But, boy, the story of Jesus Christ I didn't have a problem with. I chunked it for a while until I come across the Bible one day and started reading that thing. And in that thing, it said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be. And it was like this little voice in my head said, Mike, try me and see if I'm not God. Try me. Have you ever tried God? Have you ever just said, hey, no, wait a second. Forget everybody else. I don't care about nobody else. This is me. I'm, I'm the one here. This is me. My eternity depends on what goes on right here. This is me. I need to figure this thing out with me. And I sit there and said, okay, ask where, seek where, knock. And, and the book starts opening up, and Jesus comes off the pages. And there is a story about a little baby who was born in a manger. 
but he didn't stay there. Twelve years later, he's in a temple. And, and the doctors and lawyers are talking to him, and he's just blowing them out of the water. Eighteen years later, he starts a ministry and lasts three and a half years, and then they hang him on the cross, and, and the two men on the road to Emmaus, and Peter, James, John, all of them thought he was dead, and Mary thought he was dead, and everybody thought he was dead, and, and they come to his tomb, and then one day they realize the stones rolled away, and the body's gone, and a couple of days later, that, that same day, he comes back, and he, that, all of a sudden, they start realizing that, hey, this thing is real. 2,000 years later, I'm here because of what they did. Amen. You know how you know that story is true? Because 2,000 years later, things are still happening with that exact same story. I thank God for, for Christmas, in a sense, because that is a place where Jesus Christ was born. Somewhere. Somewhere in the year he was born. Every one of us has a birth. <clears throat> was it December the 25th? It doesn't really matter. He was born. Guess what? There was a day he died on a cross, but that was 33 years later. But that wasn't it. Jude, I will end here. Let me ask you a question today. Now unto him that is able to keep you, that's Jesus Christ, from falling. There's one thing I don't ever want to do is fall. I want to stay in there. I want to hang in there the best I can. Because I, I don't want to, I, I've already heard him, the sins that I bore was laid on him at Calvary 2,000 years ago. You say, well, you, you sinned. No, no, he died for all sins, and my sins were part of that package. And to present you faultless. You know what he wants? They sang that song about he, just, they, he wants a bride. Can you all come up here and sing that song again, ladies? Can you all come up here? Where's everybody at? You know what else he wants? He wants, he wants a bride that's spotless Amen. and no sin. And I read in my in Proverbs or Psalms today, he says, I know your frame, I know you're but dust. You know what a blessing I get out of that book when I read that thing? And he says, Mike, I know you're dirt. <laughs> You've always been dirt, and guess what? You'll always be dirt. You'll never not be dirt. And I know you're dirt, and I know who you're fighting against. You're fighting against the devil, and you can't win. Because I know I made him too. You know what you need? Just to trust me and enjoy the ride. You know what Mary did? She trusted Joseph. She trusted Gabriel. Joseph trusted the angel. Joseph took his wife to where the, the government told him to go. And while he was there, he had a, his wife had a baby. He was not the father of that child. He knew it. He knew that child wasn't mine. He goes, but I don't care. God said that was his and he wants me to take care of it. You know what God wants you to do sometimes? Take care of something that's not yours. Why? Because... One of these days, he's going to do something with it. Amen. Joseph might not have known right then and there what Jesus' life was going to do and what, he was going, to, what was going to happen on down the road. Mary said, I like this, it says, and Mary kept that stuff in her heart. When them guys got done talking, uh, I had the verse here, I'll read it real quick. Well, wherever it went, I really did lose it. Page four, another piece. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Could you imagine her watching her son for 33 years? Always wondering, is that really him? Is that really him? Is that really, really him? Did I get the privilege of, of having him? Did the Lord really, and then one day he dies on that cross. And those, those shepherds only got to tell part of the greatest story ever told. You know what we get the privilege today to do is tell everybody the whole story. 
Not only did he, was he born, but he lived a great life. And he died a terrible death. But he rose gloriously. And he is sitting in heaven right now waiting for you and I to come. What has this world, and that was the Christmas present he gave you. What has this world got that matches that? Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, I, I just pray that somehow that uh, you would get glory out of everything that's done today. And Lord, thank you for what you did. And Lord, you know how feeble we are and how messed up we are. Lord, we're, you said to our frame that we're just but dust. You know that. And Lord, you know that we're sinners. And you said for all, the wages of sin is death. And each one of us are going to die. So that tells us we're sinners. But you still love us. Still died for us. And still did all the stuff that, that you did from the foundations of the world till right now. And Lord, there's so much more stuff that you're going to do. Thank you for all you've done, Lord. And, and Lord, as that song says, glory to your name. Lord, it is. It's a, your name is glorious. And Lord, one day we'll see. Right now it's dimly, but one day we'll really see. And Father, again, thank you for today. Bless now, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.